You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. What prayer does, is what prayer does as well. We need everything. Oh, and some people that don't like to give, that's what giving does. We need it all. We need it all. Because everything is packaged to change your life. Everything is packaged to make you a better person. To take you to where God wants you. Amen. So it's wonderful to be in church this morning. Turn to someone and say, neighbor. It's good to see you this morning. In fact, you look so beautiful this morning. <laughs> okay, I can see some men talking to some men. <laughs> if you tell him he's beautiful. <laughs> they're going to have a, a very deep discussion after that. <laughs> Hallelujah. You look good this morning. Even from here, you look glorious. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. I love winter because winter just makes you look good. Have you noticed? <laughs> Some people don't agree. <laughs> wonderful. Glory to God. We are going into the Word of God this morning. But hey, how many married people are here? You? How many people were around last night for the marriage event, the mar marriage enrichment? Wasn't, wasn't it enriching? Yeah, it was. It was. We learned how to... Yeah, okay, I should tell you. We learned how to fight fair. We learn the rules of engagement. Hmm? You want some more? Because I know some marriages, there's no fight. Yours is just mm. perfect. Perfecto. Huh? It's the pastor that said one time, he says, For how many years we've been married, my wife and I never had an argument. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When you hear that kind of statement, <laughs> somebody says, run. <laughs> yeah. It means, number one, that there are several possibilities. Number one, either he's lying through his teeth. <laughs> he's lying. Or one person in that marriage it's not himself or herself. So in other words, that marriage is dead. It's not a living marriage. Huh? How can, you, can, you, can you argue with a stone? Huh? You're just, you have this stone you're always carrying. And then you start quarreling with the stone. You don't quarrel with the stone. Why? Because the stone is dead. The stone has no opinion. The stone does not say anything. 
The stone does not reply when you talk. The stone does not argue. The stone has no feelings. Is that a marriage? No, that is something else. Definitely not a marriage. So when it makes that, when, when I hear that kind of statement, it's either of these two. Either the person is lying and to lie from the pulpit, my goodness, all liars have their part in the lake of fire. <clears throat> or maybe the marriage is just not a marriage. It's something else. We can define, call it something else. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so I'll stop there. Okay? Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Last week we talked about, we started talking about, we, I think we talked about unshakable confidence in his promise. Right? And uh, we're going we're to just take it a little further from there. And this morning I want you to understand his promise. Yeah. But God, God, God is, a, is a promise maker, but he's also a promise keeper. Alright? He, he, he don't only make promises, but he knows how to keep his promises. Some of us know how to make promises. Hello? But keeping the promise is another thing. Am I correct? Yeah. Some people, when they got married, they made, they, 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 they made a vow and said, till death do us part. Until. <laughs> yeah, until something happens. Then the promise is discarded. Am I correct? Yeah. And uh, we were blessed yesterday by a couple who have been married for 42 years. 42 years. Married to the same man. Married to the same woman for 42 years. How many people know that that is something that is not common in our day? In this day. Yeah. So when you see such examples, you need to emulate them. You need to listen to them. You need to ask them, how did you do it? Because they have something to teach. Hallelujah. And one of our values, one of our core values as a church and as a ministry, as a family, is family. Family is a core value. We're not going to destroy families. We'll never do anything to wreck the family. Everything we do will be to help to build the family, to build the fabric, and you know, to ensure that the family is strong and solid. So, this, this morning, I want you to understand his promise or his promises. Put it that way. Understand his promises because God has many promises. There are many promises in the scriptures that you can use to build your life, to build your future. And I want you to understand that the unique thing about the promises of God is that they depend on Him. So when somebody makes a promise to you, 
you also want to consider who that person is. Am I correct? You need to consider who that person is. If I promise you, if I tell you now, I'm going to give you a hundred million rands. No, I make that promise. Are you going to believe me? <laughs> he, Josh will believe me. What about Sungeni? Will you believe me? If it's me, she says yes. Wow. <laughs> These guys, I love this guy. It's good to have a church with people like this. Will you believe me? I will give you 100 million rands. You will believe me. Okay. Will you believe me? He will. <laughs> no, I won't say it. <laughs> you believe me. You will believe me. Wow. These guys. Okay, let me talk to my wife. <laughs> if I say I'm going to give you 100 million rands. Will you believe me? I won't because I know you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. They, they will believe by faith. She says, she says, she knows I don't have it. So, obviously, her answer is based on knowledge. Do you understand? Yeah, her answer is based on knowledge because she knows I don't have it. Okay? She knows that about me. I don't have it. So if I say, I wake up, baby, I'm going to give you 100 million rands. Huh? She's not, she's not going to say, wow. She says, where is he coming from? What have you done? <laughs> what have you done? Yeah. Now, but these ones, they don't know what she knows. They don't know what she knows about me. So they base their answer. They know about my character. So in a way, that, you know, I don't fault them. All right? Because they know that if I make a promise, yeah. I have the character to fulfill that promise. All right? I have the character to fulfill that promise. But she knows that although I have the character, I don't have the power. <laughs> Are you getting me? I don't have the power to fulfill that. Why? She sees my, she sees my account. So she look, she read everything. Eh? So where is this coming from? <laughs> yeah, it's something I might be able to fulfill in the next donkey years, whatever. But for now, the ability to do it is not there. The will and the desire might be there. Do you understand? The desire to do it might be there, but the power to do it is not there. 
It's not there. But you see, the good thing about God, that's why as we're singing that song, unchangeable. You know, unshakable. Oh my goodness, unstoppable. That thing triggered something inside me. Because I thought, my goodness, that's my God. That's my God. So he has the will, but not only having the will and the desire, he has the power. He has the power to back his promise. No, not only does he have the character and the integrity, but he has the power. So when you hear a promise, ask yourself, who is making this promise? Who is making this promise? Does he have the power? If he has the power, you can go to sleep. It's sorted. Hallelujah. That is amazing. And that's the Father. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. So, walking with God, you need to learn to see Him, to understand Him, and to know Him. Because when you know Him, when you understand His character, when you understand His ability, it helps your faith. Because faith is built on trust. You cannot trust someone you don't know. You need to know him in order to trust him. Amen? There are some things if you tell my wife, if you go and tell, come and tell my wife, this is what your husband did. You know what? She'll never believe you. Never! Why? Because she knows me. She knows me. You know, there are things people have said about me that sometimes when I hear them, I'm surprised <laughs> who that person is. Yeah, I'm telling you. But why would they say such things? First of all, some people's imagination are very creative. And, you know, and of course, there's no limit to imaginations, right? Yeah. So they are very, very creative with their imagination. So they are able to make up things. So they make up things, and, but the way they live their lives, they are not able to, to, to divide between imagination and reality. So because of that, they, they, they are able to sit down and fabricate things and think about you. And they already have a story about you that does not exist. So it will take someone that really knows you to say, are you sure of what you are saying? Are you getting me? Yeah. So the enemy is so good at painting a particular image of God. So he works on your imagination. So he tells you this is what your father is like. Well, that's not who, that's not who he is. He paints a, a different picture. This is who God is. This is who God is. God, he says, I'm the Lord, I change not. He says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But Satan will tell you that God has forsaken you. And he will convince you with proofs. So if you don't know God, you'll believe him. And unfortunately, many people, have believed a lie. 
They have believed a lie about God. And they are building their lives on that lie. I'm telling you. People have left church because they believed a lie. Come on. No, me? No, no, no. Church, I'm out. Forget about it. I've come across several people, several people. No. I've been wounded. Hmm? There are many wounded sheep out there. But who wound you? Is it God? All right. So let's start. Let's start from Hebrews chapter 6. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 6. Let's start from there. And I want to show you and help you to understand God's promises. Okay? Because not only should you think about the person, you need to understand how he thinks and why he makes certain promises. And his mind, his mindset, when he makes promises, why does God make promises? How should we walk with God? How should we develop our relationship in such a way that we would always have what we're supposed to have? experience what we're supposed to experience we need to understand who we're dealing with okay hebrews chapter 6 from verse 9 i'll read from verse 9 it says but beloved we are confident of better things concerning you yes things that accompany salvation though we speak in this manner so there are things that accompany what Salvation. There are better things for you. Do you understand? Salvation is a package. Have you ever received? Have you ever received a package, a gift that has many other gifts, a box of gifts that has other things inside? Have you ever received a gift that is? It looks when you look at it, it's just it looks like one, but when you open it, you see other things inside. That's how salvation is. Hallelujah. So there are God gives you. But then there are other things in this. Yes? There are things that accompany salvation. Next verse. It says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown toward his name. Hello. Have you labored toward his name? He's not unjust. That's his character. His character is that he is not unjust. There is nothing you will do that God will overlook. He's not unjust. He is not unjust to forget your work. Do you know it is unjust for you to forget some things? It is unjust for you to forget some things. But God is not like that. He will never forget. You, 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 you sacrifice, you do certain things. And, and sometimes nobody appreciates you. But make no mistake. God is not unjust. He's not unjust to forget your labor of love. You did it. Were you motivated by love? If you are motivated by love, God cannot forget it. God cannot forget it. If it was motivated by love, I'm telling you, it is recorded in heaven. 
He's not, on, he's not, he's, 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 he's not forgetful. Huh? In that you have ministered to the saints and do minister, you have even served the body of Christ. You have even done things to help the people of God. You have ministered to the people of God. The word to minister means to serve. He will never forget your acts of service. Never. You remember Jesus said that if you, even if you give a cup of water to one of his own, he keeps record of that. If I'm to ask you now, how many people have you given water to? Do you remember? You see, you don't even keep the record. That should tell you how insignificant it is to you. You don't keep a record of how many people you gave a cup of water to. But God keeps a record. That I, I, I want you to see his character. I want you to see who he is. He cannot forget. He cannot forget. Oh, you know, this person is taking me for a ride. Not God. Not with God. Hello? Yes. Then verse 11, it says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. You need to show the same diligence. You, know, you see how God is? You need to be like that. And remain like that to the end. Not, oh, today I'm okay. Today I'm strong. Today I'm, yeah. Then tomorrow, no, 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 no. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. It's a blue Monday. Tomorrow is Monday. You know, some people, Monday is the worst day for some people. Because they want weekends to last forever. What kind of life is that? You must, you should be excited to have the opportunity to, to wake up, to make a difference. To do something that will impact your life or to affect another person's life. It's a privilege. It's not a right, it's a privilege. For you to wake up in the morning, it's a privilege. And you need to know that. Okay? So you need to show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until when? Until the end. Okay? Verse 12. Look at verse 12. Come on. He says... That we do not become sluggish. Hello. So some people become sluggish. You know that God is not sluggish? Yeah. We should not become sluggish, but imitate those who through what? Faith and patience inherit the promises. Can you see that? Imitate. Imitate those. You need, in your life, you need to look for who to imitate. Hmm? Because I know, yeah, some people, they only imitate their soccer stars. You know? Yeah, that's who they imitate. Some people imitate, uh, yeah, their celebrities. That's who they imitate. I hope it's good things you imitate, even from those ones. Because some of them are poor examples. They are poor examples. They are just famous. 
the world has a way of rewarding the wrong people. Handsomely. <laughs> yes. Celebrating abominations. The world is good at that. Oh, they, oh this person is a celebrity. What? Let's scrutinize that person. Okay, what are we celebrating about this person? And by the time you, 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 you investigate, by the time you study that person, by the time you study the life of that person, you see that you don't have anything to celebrate about that person. As a matter of fact, a lot of them are pathetic. So the Bible is telling us who to imitate. Yes? You imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. People who have faith. People who have un, unshakable confidence in God. Those are the kind of people you should follow. Those are the kind of people you should, uh, you should learn from. Imitate. Imitate such people. Paul made a statement. Um, Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. So in other words, even me, Paul, Paul is saying, don't just follow me blindly. Do you understand? And I can say this, follow me as I follow Christ. If you see anything in my life that is not of Christ, you better not follow it. Are you getting me? You don't follow blindly. Open your eyes as you follow. Yeah. So if I do anything that is not Christ-like, you can ask me, Pastor, is this Christ-like? Hmm? Yeah, it's okay. I'm not the kind of pastor that will say to you, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, I know that that's a, a gospel in some circles. Just do what I say. Forget about what I do. No, no, no. Yes, do as I say, but also as I do. So in other words, if I'm talking to you about prayer, I should be praying. Come on. If I'm talking to you about walking in love, I should be walking in love. If I'm talking to you about forgiveness, I should be forgiving. If I'm talking to you about humility, I should be doing it too. Amen? Yeah. So, there are, they, you see, to inherit the promises of God, the promises of God, last week we saw that they are yes and they are amen. amen. They are not yes and they are no. They are not yes and no. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. God is not like that. Yeah. God is not, God does not have mood swings. Yeah, I know some of us have mood swings. You understand? You, you know some days you just some days are just not it. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, right? Some days are just like awesome. This is just the perfect day. And then some other days, what happened today? No, no, God is not like that. That's why He's unchangeable. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, he has no mood swings. Isn't that wonderful? 
wouldn't you like to relate with that kind of person? That you're not sure whether he'll be in a good mood or not. Hmm? Some days, good morning will be offensive. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Imagine you have somebody, you're, 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 you're relating, you're in a relationship with somebody, and you say good morning, and the person say, what's good about the morning? Yeah. Huh? Yes. What? Tell me now. What is good about the morning? Huh? So, because you are happy, everyone should be happy. Huh? Yeah. Some people are like that. So when that person is sad, he expects every other person to be sad. God is not like that. Isn't that wonderful? That we serve a God who is consistent. Consistently loving you. Consistently good. Consistently faithful. Huh? Consistently powerful. You'll never get to a point where he say, ah, today, today is not a day of power. Huh? Yeah. Hey, today is one of my weak days. There's no weak moment with God. There's no moment of weakness. Isn't that wonderful? I love that kind of God. Not the God that is angry today, tomorrow is happy. Hallelujah. So, you can see that to inherit the promise, there's need for faith and there's need for patience. To, the, the word patience is an indication that there are things in between. There are things that will happen that will require endurance. Okay? So, the fact that God says, I will do this, does not mean you wake up and it's done. No, 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 no. I will do this. But he doesn't tell you what is the gap between the promise and the fulfillment. He doesn't tell you. Sometimes God shows us visions of things. He tells us great and powerful things. But he doesn't tell you in between. He doesn't tell you what is going to happen. It's like when David was anointed king. He didn't realize the Goliath he would meet. He didn't realize how many times he would run for his life. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. So, so some people confuse their, um, their walk with God because they think that because they think that because God made a promise, then every other thing doesn't exist. No, no, no. God looks at your life. He looks at everything that will happen. But he makes a promise in spite of what you are going to do. Because his promise is what will determine the outcome. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. He has already seen that you are going to go through chaos. He has already seen that you will go through the fire. He has seen the storms. You are going to go through. So his promise is not depending on what you are going to go through. 
It's actually his promise that will determine the outcome. So that's why when you have his promise, you need to build your confidence. And say, yes, I'm in the storm now. But the promise says. Do you understand? So let the promise help you. Be patient. Hold on to it with patience. So, it's not as if God is confused. You say, God, but you said this. How come I'm experiencing this? You need to say to yourself, despite what I'm experiencing, this is what he said. I choose to believe what he said. That's how to inherit his promise. Hallelujah. Verse 13. Look at verse 13. He says, when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Amen. <laughs> God makes a promise. He says, Abraham, I've made you a father of many nations. Huh? Blessing. I will bless you. At the time God made that promise, Sarah had gone past menopause. Abraham was dry as a stick. <laughs> yes, yes. So God doesn't depend on your, he doesn't study your environment before he promises. Sometimes I'm amazed at how some people prophesy. Well, they will study your life. They'll, I mean, they will observe. Let me put it that way. They will observe and then they will prophesy based on observation. Anybody can prophesy like that. Huh? But it takes God. Only God can look at a valley of dry bones and say, Son of man, can these bones live? Prophesy to the winds. Hallelujah. Command flesh to come. Command the bones to come together. Let an army emerge out of these bones. That's my God. When you look at somebody, the person looks down and says, Oh, you know, the Lord is telling me that you're going through a hard time. Come on, sure. Keep that to yourself. I know, yeah, there are levels of the prophetic. It's okay. I'm not trying to despise prophecy. The Bible says, despise not prophesying. There's a place for that. Men, we prophesy to men to encourage. Yeah? To edify and to comfort. So there is need for words of encouragement. There is need for words of edification. There is need for words of comfort. But I'm just saying that there is a realm. There is a place where you look at some situation and you can say imagine someone you see an amputee no legs and then you look at the person and say God says the Lord you are going to walk now how many people know you, you need to hear God to say that right yes yeah 
because we're going to see those kind of miracles in this land. Where body parts will grow out of people. Yes, hallelujah. But there is a price to pay for that. Okay, verse 14. Look, look. He saw, okay. Saying, surely blessing I will bless you. Multiplying I will multiply you. So God is speaking to Abraham here. He makes a promise. All right? He makes a promise. Then the Bible says that he could swear by no other. Because in those days, when you made a promise, you would swear by a deity. All right? And that is what is going to give confidence that what you are saying, you are going to fulfill. So when God made the promise to Abraham, the Bible says he looked. There's nobody. Looked around. No. By who should I swear by? He just swore by himself. Huh? He said, blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. And he swore by himself. In other words, if this does not come to pass, Abraham, I stop being God. In fact, for this to fail, I have to die. I have to die for this, for this not to happen. Hallelujah. Multiplying, I'll multiply you. Blessing, I will bless you. Verse 15, look, 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 look. It says, and so, after he had patiently endured. Can you see that? He had what? Patiently endured. I know that this word sounds like Greek to our generation. Because in our generation, look at me. In our generation, in our generation, we live in the microwave generation. At the time of Abraham, there was no microwave. Hallelujah. There was no... At the time of Abraham, there was no drive-thru. Come on. Yes. You know, you know how you have your meals. You just drive through. Come on. A few minutes. Just drive through. Ha. Huh. How many people have had the drive-thru meal? Come on. Uh, yeah. Yes. You just drive. You're hungry. You're so hungry. And you just drive. By the end. You have your meal. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? To a hungry man. So, in this generation, we are used to that. So now, we take the same mindset to God's promises. We apply the same, unconsciously, we apply the same mindset to God's promises. So when God says, I will do this, you think of drive through When God says, I will do this, you think about microwave. Three minutes. Come on. Come on. Three minute noodles. Two minutes. It's even gone down to two now. Two minutes. Two whole minutes. Huh? A lot of minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. You just take it, put it, just put it in the, in the microwave. Two minutes. Even that two minutes is long for you. <laughs> huh? 
Reminds me of those days. My children were very small. And uh, uh, my son was hungry. And I was making breakfast. But the breakfast was simply cornflakes. Right? So he's crying. Yeah? Uh, Shama is crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it was probably about two or so. Um, he was crying, and I'm, and I'm making this conflict. All right? I mean, I was carrying him. I said, okay, fine. I put him down to make the conflict. Now, he's upset I put him down. Yes. And the conflict is not coming. I have to go to the, to the cupboard get the conflicts and get the milk from the fridge and mix it and the bowl and all and the spoon. Just that process <laughs> was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. And he's, yeah! and I'm saying, hold on, wait, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah! Then when it arrived, ah. <laughs> huh? he is now enjoying it. The tears dried. But there were tears. I'm serious. <laughs> tears. How many minutes does it take to make conflicts? Hmm? Just hold on, my boy. I'm going to make conflicts for you. God says, hold on, I'm going to do this for you. You can't wait. He said, God, have you forgotten me? Oh, look at what I'm going through. Oh, this, this, this. this. What are you doing? Wait. Endure. Hallelujah. Yes. Patiently endure until he obtained the promise. Verse, verse 16. It says, For men indeed swear by greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. So in other words, when somebody makes a promise and he backs it with an oath, no more dispute. You know for certain that it will be fulfilled. In those days, when they make promises and they back it with an oath, anyone that breaks their oath deserves to die. So your life depended on a promise. You know, I know today, you know, we just make promises and break and all of that. It doesn't make any sense. But in those days, it was a strong thing for you to make a promise. Hallelujah. So it was an end of all dispute. Then verse 17, look at verse 17. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by what? By an oath. God confirmed his promise to Abraham by an oath. By an oath. Yeah. And what is that oath? Look. Look. What did he say? Huh? By two immutable things. Two immutable things in which it is impossible. 
Come on, say impossible. It is impossible. Yes, impossible. If possible, if is 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 grammatically wrong, but if you say impossicant, impossible and can't put them together, jam them together, impossicant. Now, if you write it in English, you'll fail. So don't write that. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> it is impossible for God to lie. Do you understand who we're talking about? In other words, he does not have the ability to lie. Huh? He doesn't have it. So whatever he says, you can take to the bank. Anyway, the bank doesn't recognize what he says. But you know what I mean. When you don't understand the God you are dealing with, to doubt becomes easy. To shake and to waver becomes easy. But when you understand this is who you are dealing with, you need to know, understand. Yeah? He says we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of hope. Huh? Lay hold of the hope set before us. Come on. Yes. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. So you have hope. This hope, once you, once you that confident expectation, hope is a future thing. It, it's just what is about to happen. It is what he has promised that he will do. You hold on to that. It becomes an anchor to your soul. So even when life, when the storms are hitting that ship, the anchor is there and that ship knows he's stable. He's shaken, but he is not moved. And that's what the promises are supposed to do in your life. Amen? Now, let me bring it to a close by bringing to your, um, your, 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 your understanding that God's promises fall under two categories. Okay? Every promise God makes. Number one, there is what is known as a conditional promise. Okay? A lot of promises in the Bible are conditional. So, in other words, what do I mean conditional? Conditional means that there are things that are linked to that promise. And those promises usually will have things, words like if. You'll see if you do this, I will do this. If. Those are conditional promises. Conditional promises. I'll give you an example like salvation. It's a conditional promise. Some people approach salvation as if it's unconditional. Because I'm saved, or because I just confess, then boom. No, there is a condition. All right? You need to continue to have faith in Jesus. You need to continue to trust Him to preserve you. 
You need to continue to trust his blood. You need to continue to have faith in his name. If you don't. I don't know how you put it in your slang here. Hmm? Uh, Chicken. Finito. Huh? Fini. Fini. If you don't, it's finished. If you don't put your faith, if you don't actively engage your faith in what Jesus has done, in the blood of Jesus, you're finished. You can't be saved. How can how will you get saved without faith? You need faith to be saved. So your salvation is conditioned. Upon your faith in Christ. If you, if, you, if, you, if you try to build your salvation on your works. You're finished. You're in trouble. So it's faith in Christ. It's a, it's a promise. He that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. No one that comes to him that he will cast out. Those are promises, but they are conditional promises. So when you see a promise in the scripture, ask yourself, what are the conditions that go with this promise? You you get what I'm saying? Uh, Let me show you a scripture. Look at Deuteronomy 28. Let's go there. 28 verse 1. Um, Many of us like to quote this scripture, right? Come on. Yes, Deuteronomy 28. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. What's the condition? If you diligently obey, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully to do. So that is a conditional promise. Hallelujah. So, don't think that because you've received a a promise, if you ignore the condition that goes to that promise, forget it. Look at Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Popular, your your favorite scripture. Come on. Huh? Your favorite. Come on. Can you see it? It's on the screen. Let's read it together. One, two, three. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. Fulfillment. Meanwhile, the condition is not being met. What is the condition? Bring all. Somebody say all. All your tithe. You don't split your tithe. It's not, that's not a tithe. If you split it, it's not a tithe. Oh, well, uh, Pastor, I like to give this to this orphanage and then this to this charity and then this. All. Hello? The moment you do that, it has disqualified you. You cannot use this scripture. You have to look for another scripture to, 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 you know, to base what you are doing on. Definitely not this. Hmm? And some people don't realize tithe is not just 10%. Huh? It's the first 10%. Somebody say first. 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 
honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of your increase. It's the first thing you take. Then God sees it as a time. But many people, it's the last thing. It's a change. I pay, you know, I sort out my bills first. I saw this, I saw this, I saw this. Then what is remaining? Oh, I should just remember. Oh, by the way, God, you are just giving 10%. You are not tithing. Yeah. God wants to be first. He doesn't want to be last. Yeah. They say, oh, well, I'm a pastor. I tried, but this is happening to me. Let's analyze it. How do you do it? Yeah, Foshini comes first. <laughs> Come on, Edgar's first. Yes, am I correct? Now, when you remember God, you say, oh Lord, yeah, this is this. You see, so the point is that all His promises are conditional. Yes, they are yes and they are amen, but. Yeah, they are all yes and amen, but most of them are conditional. That's what I just want you to see. Most of his promises are conditional. So you do your part, he will do his part. Should I show you another one? Okay, another conditional promise. Um, which one is that? Okay. Mark 11. Mark eleven, twenty-three. Huh? There's a song we used to sing those days. Mark eleven twenty-three is real to me. And right next door, Mark eleven twenty-four. These are the words of Jesus and my authority. Mark eleven twenty-four. Mark eleven twenty-three. Hallelujah. Uh, for assuredly I say to you, come on. Assuredly. Huh? In other words, verily, verily, I say to you. Certainly, certainly, I say to you. It's bankable. Right? Huh? Whoever says to this mountain, Whoever, it doesn't matter your class, it doesn't matter your rank, it doesn't matter your status, it doesn't matter your education, it doesn't matter your background. Yes, Whoever, yes, whether you are in Buckingham Palace or you are in the Unu, <laughs> it does not matter whoever. Whoever. It doesn't matter whether you are bright or not. You have a first class brain or not. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and what? Does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever. 
blank check. Whatever. Whatever. But there is a condition tied to this promise. Don't doubt in your heart. Don't doubt in your heart. A doubt, a doubt, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. That's what James says. A double-minded man is blown. It's like a wave. Tossed to and fro. Today I believe God. Today I trust God. Tomorrow I wake up. Oh no, it's a bad day. I don't have faith anymore. I, today I thought God did this. Tomorrow I'm like, God, when are you going to do it? Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. It's conditional. It's conditional. You need to know the conditions that are attached to the promises that you are standing on. All right, look at the next verse, verse 24. Come on. It says, therefore I say, whatever things you ask when you what? Pray. When you pray. Huh? When you pray. What? Believe that you receive them and you will have them. What is the condition there? Believe. You see, when do you believe? When you pray. When do you receive? When you pray. Yes. You see, whatever things you ask when you pray. At the time of prayer, that's the time of receiving. Do you understand? The moment, the time of prayer is the time of receiving. So, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. And then what's going to happen? You will have them. So you receive before you have. Hello? Don't be confused. Having and receiving are two different things. You, 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 you receive as a spiritual substance. You have as a material substance. Hallelujah. So when you pray, when you pray, whatever it is you ask, when you pray, receive as a spiritual substance. And then be patient until it becomes material substance. That's how to walk with God. Hallelujah. Don't be confused about the two. So many people pray and because it has not become Material substance, they think that God didn't do anything. Meanwhile, God did it the moment you prayed. And you need patience. Hallelujah. Am I helping you this morning? Now, look at another conditional promise, verse 25. Look, look, look at verse 25. Come on, let's read it together. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Can you see that forgiveness is a conditional promise? 
It is a conditional promise. If you don't know how to forgive, forget about receiving forgiveness. God does not promise anyone forgiveness who will not forgive others. Can you see that? Many of his promises are conditional. Hallelujah. Many of his promises are conditional. Blessings are conditional. Forgiveness is conditional. Salvation is conditional. Hmm? Time will not permit me to show you the unconditional ones. But you get them. You get the gist, right? So, if you fulfill your part... I can guarantee you that God will fulfill his part. He's not like you. Who will forget he made a promise? Yes? Have you not promised people and you can't even remember the promise? You have forgot. There are many promises I have that people promise me. In fact, if people fulfill all their promises, I'll be very far. I'll be very far from, from where I am right now. And then we get 100 million, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. The promise is vital. But the condition is also vital. And let me put it this way. I don't know if I should go into it. Okay, let me just say this, right? You can walk with God fulfilling conditional promises, but then there's a place in God where he makes some unconditional promises. Whereby he will say things. It's like when he swore to Abraham. At that time, it was no longer conditional. So Abraham, you can't stop this. No matter what you do, this is going to happen. So, in all this ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.